0: Hey, everybody, welcome home. You're watching Legacy Television. We're Jeremy and Sarah Pearson's. And as always, we're so thankful that you're taking the, the time to come into our house, get into the Word of God with us. We've got some great things in store for you today. I think we should just pray and get right into the Word and see what God wants to say to us. Father, we do love you and worship you. We thank you so much for being such a good and faithful Father God to us. We open up your Word today and we look into it with eyes that see Jesus and ears that hear his voice hearts that understand who he is in us and who we are in him. And I'm asking you, Lord, to, to enable your word to do in us what only your word can do. We receive that grace today and we receive it by faith. And I, I know that all grace is abounding towards us and it's abounding towards everybody who's watching this broadcast and is tuned into it from all over the world. We thank you, Father, for this honor and this opportunity to share your word thank with you, them. Lord. We give you praise for every good thing you've done, you are doing, and will do in our lives in Jesus name. amen, amen. For the last um, really the last couple of weeks we've been right here in the throw of, of holiday season. It's the greatest time of the year. hands down, love it so much. love it when the weather changes. love it when we get to like you know layer clothes that helps us be these skinny guys a lot. but uh, I, I love every part of this and and we have really been centering in over the last couple of weeks on the table. Yeah. the table that God has prepared, for us. And if you've missed any of these broadcasts, all you've got to do is download the Legacy Studios app. It's free. We want you to have it and go back and get caught up on these broadcasts with us. And even if you heard those, go back and listen again. You got to feed on these things, feed on these things over and over. And really that's what we've been talking about is feeding on this, feeding on the faithfulness of God, coming to the table that he's prepared for us and pulling up a chair. Not just standing back and looking at it and saying, oh wow, doesn't that salvation look good? Doesn't that healing look delicious? Doesn't that prosperity look great? It's doing you no good. Pull up a chair and eat. And, and that's what we've been talking about. Don't stay at the kitty table. Yeah, absolutely. Just it's time to grow Go up. to the big table. Go to the big table. Yeah. There's a place for you there. Mm. There is a seat for you. We may even see this later in the broadcast today, but in the book of Ephesians, it tells us that we have been seated mm. with Jesus in heavenly places. And Sarah, you mentioned something. Um, I think it might've been on the last broadcast or the one before where you were talking about, you know, if, if you're under condemnation mm. and you are mindful of your sin and mindful of your mistakes, then you're reluctant to come to that table. Yeah. You're thinking to yourself, I don't deserve to be there or for whatever reason, he doesn't want me there. But I love what you said about that from the Song of Solomon, that his banner over us, he's brought us to that table and his banner over us. It's not condemnation. Mm-hmm. There's not a, a big red arrow pointing yeah. down saying, this guy screwed up. This guy's made mm-hmm. mistakes. No, his banner over us. Yeah, It's like flying high is, above you. And it says, this is the one is that love. I love. This Absolutely. Is the one. Yeah. And, and so you got to be mindful of that. When you're coming to the table, when you come to take your seat there and to come and take by faith everything that grace has put there. Mm-hmm. The grace of God has set the table. Now faith eats. Yeah and faith eats all of it. Yeah. Everything that grace has put out. Eat everything grace, on the plate. <laughs> grace put salvation there. Faith says, thank you yeah. and eats. Yeah. Grace put your healing there. Faith says, thank you mm-hmm. and eats. Grace put your prosperity, your deliverance. Grace put peace and joy in every good mm-hmm. thing that's found in him and in his word. Grace has set the mm-hmm. table and faith will come. Yeah and eat it. Yeah. And so right now when people are in holiday mode and food is on the brain, I think this is a good time <laughs> to talk about these things and to realize that God said, I've set before you today, life and death, choose life. Yeah. Choose good. it. I want to go in the scripture together to the book of Second Samuel. And this is something that's been big to us in our ministry. Uh, the Lord really spoke to us using this account a number of years ago, and it has stuck with us. And I want to share some of that with you today. Second Samuel chapter nine. This is an account in the life of King David. And he said in verse one, David said, is there still someone who is left of the house of Saul? Listen to these words. That I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake. This is not just, um, this is not David just bored one day looking for something to do. You got to understand where this is coming from. Years and years and years before this, David and Jonathan were out in a field and David was, was about to be on the run for his life. And, and Jonathan, uh, Saul's son, Saul, who was hunting David was trying to save David's life and these two were the closest of friends. They weren't just good friends. They weren't just best friends. They were covenant friends. The scripture tells us that God had knit their souls together. This was a God relationship. And these guys were so close covenant friends. And they're standing out in that field one day when David's about to be on the run and Jonathan makes David swear to something because he knows that David is about to be King at some point. He knows that the anointing for that is on him and he makes him swear. He says, you swear to me this day that you'll show kindness, not just to me, but to my descendants, Mm -hmm. to my family. He said, he's basically saying to him, when you have the throne, promise me, covenant with me that you will show kindness to them. And then he said to him, the Lord's gonna be between me and you in this. And, and And I love that idea. In that covenant relationship, there's nothing between them. Mm-hmm. There's no distance. There's no separation between them. The only thing between them is the Lord. Yeah, And that's how our marriages are supposed to be. That's how our covenant friendships are supposed to be. Never anything else between us. There's only love between us. That's right. And his, and his name, name is Jesus. Is Jesus. Yeah. That's the way it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So this is what's coming up out of David. This isn't just, you know, like I said, bored one day. Is there somebody I can show the kindness of God to? This is that covenant mm-hmm. thing coming up out of him. This is, we would say it's coming out of his heart. I would say it's coming out of his guts. I mean, he's just crying That's out. Funny. Give me somebody of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake. Now, one thing to bear in mind here is that kindness, we, we've so dumbed it down to, to think that kindness just means niceness. Mm-hmm. And niceness is great. We need niceness. Mm-hmm. But the, the thing he's talking about here is so much more than just being nice. This, is, this word kindness is that Hebrew word hesed. It's, it's covenant talk. Yeah. It's not just niceness, it's mercy. Yeah. It's faithfulness, it's loving kindness. Loving kindness, yeah. And that's what David's crying out. Give me somebody to show this to. You know, the, the, uh, the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the great love chapter, gives you a lot of things that love is not shows you what love does, what it doesn't do. But when it comes down to telling you what love is, there's two things. Mm -hmm. Love is patient Mm -hmm. and love is kind. kind. Those are the two things that love is. The love of God can be summed up in these two words, his patience with us and his kindness towards us. But isn't it interesting, David says, I wanna show this kindness. So kindness is love, but it's the part of love that you can see. It's more than words. Now, uh, words are a part of love, of course. Um, Feelings are a part of love, absolutely, but it's more than that. Mm -hmm. Kindness is the part of love that you can see. Mm -hmm. It does something. It demonstrates something. I'll say it like this. It proves it. Mm. It proves love. That's good. So David's saying, let me prove this here. In verse two, it says, there was a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Ziba. So when they had called him to David, the king said to him, are you Ziba? And he said, at your service. And the king said, is there not still someone of the house of Saul to whom I may show the kindness of God? So you can see this one thing is on David's brain. Give me somebody that I can show this kindness to. But it's not just kindness. You notice in this verse, he said, I wanna show him the kindness of God. Mm. That's where kindness has to come from. And again, it's not just niceness. Everybody has the ability, at least momentarily, yeah. to be nice. I'm mm. talking about something deeper Deep, yeah. than that. And it's gotta come out of you. And the only way to demonstrate the kindness of God is to know the kindness of God that's been shown towards you. And yeah. you could go back and look at the life of David, mm. and really not too, too much before this, You see the kindness of God and the promise that God made towards David to establish his throne forever. Mm. And and David in response, who am I? And and this is a man who knows intimately how kind God is, Mm. how merciful and, and loving and patient he is. And out of the overflow of that, David now mindful of that covenant he made with Jonathan is saying, give me somebody in this house that I can show that same thing too. That's where kindness is going to come from in you. The kindness that can save a marriage, Mm -hmm. the kindness that can restore a relationship, Mm -hmm. the kindness that can, that can put the love of God on display in your life. It's got to come out of you knowing how kind God has already been towards you. You can't force it from the outside in. It's got to come from the inside out. And that's where it's coming from in David. He knows how kind God has been. And now he's saying, I've got to have somebody Mm -hmm. to show it to. Mm -hmm. And the servant who used to serve serve King Saul said to him, there is still a son of Jonathan who is lame in his feet. Interesting, he identified him by his shortcoming, Mm -hmm. by his disability, by what you might consider a flaw. The king said to him, I love this response where is he? Yeah. Where is he? Not, not uh, oh, he's lame, huh? Not, uh, oh, um, is, is there somebody who, who's kind of got it all together a little bit better than that? No. The response, where is he? Almost, Almost like he doesn't care at all that he's lame. Mm-hmm. Just give me somebody who's in this house. And the response is, Indeed, he's in the house of Makir, the son of Amiel in Lodabar. Now the word Lodabar literally means um, no pasture, no word, no communication. Lodabar is, you could study this, it's, it was really kind of a ghetto. Um, it was so far away that, you know, the expression word travels fast? Well, not to Lodabar. No word, no communication, no pasture. That's how far out it is. But instead of David saying, wow, is there somebody closer? Because that's going to really take a lot to get out there. And I don't know that I've got time to get all the way across town. No. What does he do? He says, it says in verse five, then King David sent and brought him out. Mm -hmm. That word sent could also be translated reach. Mm -hmm. David reached out from the palace to the ghetto. Mm -hmm to go get this son of Jonathan who he doesn't know. And before this moment, didn't even know he existed. And he reached out to him. Mm -hmm. And then what did he do? He brought him in. That's what this whole thing was about. He brought him out of where he was into the palace. Isn't that what God does for his people? He lifts the poor up out of the ashes, up out of the dung heap, the Bible says, and sets them with princes. This boy doesn't know it, but that's a That is uh, what is about to happen to him. Mm -hmm. Now I'm preaching here, but you got something. You just (laughs) jump right in. It says in verse six, now when Mephibosheth, Strange name, Mephibosheth, but that's Jonathan's son. Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, had come to David. He fell on his face and prostrated himself. He doesn't know what's about to take place. For all he knows, David thinks that this guy may, might make a play for the throne, and you know he's he's in the king's bloodline, and so he might be about to face his own execution. He doesn't know what's about to happen. David said he said, Mephibosheth. And he answered, here is your servant. And David said to him, do not fear. It's the first thing he had to tell him, had to deal with the fear. That's the first thing God said to a bunch of people throughout the word. And it's the first thing he's saying to you too, get rid of the fear. You got to deal with the fear. In the presence of God, there is nothing to be afraid of. And David's saying to this boy, listen, don't be afraid. I'm not, I didn't bring you here to kill you. <laughs> Actually quite the opposite. Do not fear. Why? for I will surely show. David's got this one thing on his mind. I am going to show you something. Mm-hmm. It's, what is kindness? It's the part of love that you can see. Yeah. I'm going to show you kindness for Jonathan, your father's sake, and will restore to you all the land of Saul, your grandfather, and you will, watch this, eat bread at my table mm-hmm. continually. and he bowed himself. This is Mephibosheth. He bowed himself and said, what is your servant that you should look upon such a dead dog as I? And the king called Ziba, Saul's servant. Wait a second. Mephibosheth just said something to him. He said, what am I? Why would you look upon me like this? I'm nothing but a dead dog. And David didn't even respond to that. Almost like he didn't even hear it. There's one thing that keeps coming up over and over throughout this, and it's that David is looking for somebody to show this covenant kindness to, but it's not for that person's sake. It's for Jonathan's sake. Mm -hmm. It's for the sake of the one he's in covenant with. And so Mephibosheth, maybe he is lame in both his feet, but that's when he's standing there or laying there in front of David, David's not even looking at him. He's looking at Jonathan. Mm -hmm. He's looking at the one who he's in covenant with. So when Mephibosheth acknowledging his lameness and his faults and his poverty and his inadequacies, he says, who am I that you'd look upon me? I'm a dead dog. David doesn't even respond to it. And instead he just calls to the servant and says to him, I have given to your master's son all that belonged to Saul and to all his house. You therefore and your sons and your servants shall work the land for him and you shall bring in the harvest that your master's son may have food to eat. But Mephibosheth, your master's son, shall eat bread at my table always. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. (laughs) Listen to what happened for this kid. He went from broke and lame, living in Lodabar to sitting at the Mm. king's table, lifted up to sit with David. He went from having nothing to having everything Mm -hmm. like that. He went from completely broke. And now all of a sudden in an instant, he's got 35 servants working for him. Why? Because David had it in his heart to show somebody in this family, Mm -hmm. the kindness of God, that covenant kindness and David, uh, Ziba in verse 11 said to the king, according to all that my Lord, the king has commanded his servant, So will your servant do as from Mephibosheth said the king, he shall eat at my table like one of the king's sons. Yeah. Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Micah and all who dwelt in the house of Zeba were servants of Mephibosheth. So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem for he ate continually at the king's table he was lame in both his feet. How many times did this account bring up that he ate at the table? He ate at the table. He was brought to the table. Here's somebody who was literally carried to the table. Lame in both his feet, unable to stand on his own. And David looking past all that through Mephibosheth all the way to Jonathan. And he said, I'm not doing this for you. I'm doing it for Jonathan. This isn't for your sake this is for Jonathan's sake. And what does the scripture say about us? That God has forgiven us for Christ Jesus sake. God and his son, Jesus have entered into this covenant. And now when we come to him in Jesus name, he's looking through us to Jesus. And when you make that request before God, you, you bring your faith to him. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus right then and there. When you do that in faith, he's looking past you, through you to Jesus. And it's as though your request is coming out of the mouth of Jesus himself. Mm-hmm. And what wouldn't God do for Jesus? Yeah. Go, to, go to the book of Ephesians and we'll read this as we begin to wrap it up. You know, we really found ourselves as a ministry in that account. Because what you see happened there was that David reached out to this young man where he was. He drew him in and he lifted him up. Mm -hmm. And that reach out, every every ministry, every individual who's called and assigned by God in these things is responsible for these three things right here, the reach out, the draw in, and the lift up. And that reach out will always cost something, Mm -hmm. always. But that's the cost that we so gladly, Mm -hmm. gladly spend. Paul said, I so gladly spend and will be spent for you. That's that reach. But then there's the drawing in. Mm -hmm. Kindness draws people in. Love lifts people up. Mm -hmm. Let's read this out of Ephesians 2. I'm sorry. I feel like I didn't let you say anything in this, but I'm just preaching at (laughs) you. Ephesians chapter 2. Listen to this in verse 4 and see if any of it sounds familiar. Let's read a few verses. God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses. You could say, even when we were lame in both feet, even when we were dead in trespasses and sins, he has made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you've been saved, raised us up together, made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come, he might show. God said, I'm gonna so. show it to you. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna not I'm just gonna tell you how much I love you. I'm gonna show you how much I love you. He's gonna show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Yeah. And this thing goes on to say that Jesus came and preached peace to us who were afar off. What'd he do? He reached out. Mm-hmm. You talk about from the palace to the ghetto. This is a reach out spanning the the distance from heaven Mm. to earth. That is the palace to the ghetto. And he spanned that distance, reached out, grabbed a hold of you, drew you in with his kindness and has lifted you up in his love and made a place for you at his table. This is the place where you and I sit. This is the place he's given us. And it's his kindness that made a place for us. We are seated at the table.